Hello and welcome. It is a joy to spend this hour with you. Thank you so much for joining me on Thursdays at four o'clock, or maybe you like to catch the replay on Friday mornings. We run that at 6 a.m. Pacific time or 9 a.m. on the East Coast. And of course, I always welcome subscribers to the podcast. We have that available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Podcast One, and some of your other favorites. And I just I just love hearing from you all and getting your questions. I will be taking your questions today, just like always. And today, the topic is going to be around that feeling of being stuck and not having our creativity on our side. But really what I want to talk about is how writers slay their debt. Now, it's not going to be what you think. I got some surprises for you, so stay tuned. We're We're really going to look into this notion that something could be killing your creativity that you're not really aware of, but I want to set you on the road to taming some of your overwhelm and getting back in the spirit of some generous income, just really letting your writing life bloom again. I know for so many of us, we look back on the last several months and say, wow, we just we just endured some big, big, big surprises now, didn't we? 2020 had its surprises, and we're almost to the time of year where we can do that 2020 hindsight, <laughs> but not quite, not quite. Yet there are some things we have really learned from, and I'm going to be setting up the notion here that Your creative mind is still with you. It might just be buried under a little bit of debt or a little bit of clutter or a little bit of anxiety. And and that leads you to just feeling like, oh, I'm stuck. Well, you know, yeah, yeah, maybe stuck. But if we could pinpoint what has created the stuckness, we can move those layers away. So a few things we're going to be looking at is where might you be feeling deficient and where can you build some support and where can you offer your value? Those are three things we're going to be diving into deeper today because debt debt is not just a monetary thing. Debt is this funny, it's this funny, guilty energy. It's, it's, it's in, it encroaches on you when you're least expecting it. And all of a sudden you're aware that you owe somewhere, someone, you owe something. Wow. That kind of energy just crushes creativity. Here's the funny thing. It might not even be true that you owe. It might just be this funny feeling. 
today while I was in the middle of working, I usually don't answer the phone or do any email or do anything like that in the early hours of the morning because I I feel pretty productive then. So I stay away. But there was a knock at my door. Very few people knock at my door. I figured it might be my neighbor, and it was. So I opened the door, and I saw my neighbor, Rita, there. And while she was standing there, all of a sudden, my mind went to this place of, did she ask me to water her plants? And I forgot, you know, that that thought of, I owe her. I, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And then I thought, no, 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 that was... That was a few weeks ago. And then my mind right away went to, was I supposed to pick up her mail? And I didn't. (laughs) It was just this guilty conscious of, I was supposed to do something. And I haven't. This all happened in a nanosecond, literally. And she actually dropped by, knocked on the door to say, I've just pulled a coffee cake out of the oven, and I'm wondering if you're free to come down and have a cup of coffee and some coffee cake. Oh, man, was I not only elated to be invited to something so lovely, but I'll tell you, I was so relieved (laughs) to find out that I was not in debt somehow in debt. That's just one type of debt we can acquire. So we're going to be talking about how those thoughts get in, block us, kind of squelch our creativity, how we don't belong there, and how we can really start to notice where those initial places of deficiency begin And how we might start to build some support around us and get back to what we really know how to do. Get back to offering our valuable skills and talents again. So if this in any way speaks to you, I hope you will consider writing in today. You can always find me on Facebook. That's a great place to write in. Facebook Messenger. My full name is Debbie Handrich, and Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. And Handrich is just like it sounds. It's H-A-N-D-R-I-C-H. You can head over there in Facebook Messenger and send me a little note. You can, I think I'll check my email once during the show today. So you could send me an email to askcoachdebbie, askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. And again, Debbie is D-E-B-B-Y. It's all one word, askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. And you can always feel free to call into KKNW where we will take your calls and stream them in live if you feel like talking to us. And the number is 1-888-298-5569. So what are you thinking when I bring up this notion that writers are 
are people that are going to need to slay some of their debt in order to get back in the flow of creativity. And what might some of that debt look like? Of course, one of the first things that comes to mind is money. Oh dear, where do I owe money? But I just want to challenge you for a minute to think about where where do the deficiencies start? Does it really, really start with money just flying out the window? Because I'm I'm thinking that often we are low on energy or we're low on, say, time or good time management skills or sometimes deficiency in debt happens because we're we're low on organizational skills. We've acquired a lot of physical clutter around our workspace. How about you? Where does deficiency sort of sneak in and take over what's supposed to be your creative space? Now, I was mentioning that my neighbor, Rita, came by today with warm coffee cake and this beautiful invitation to join her for a little morning coffee break at her place. And I'll tell you, I I couldn't refuse. (laughs) How can a girl refuse a lovely neighbor, a delicious cup of coffee, and warm coffee cake? There's no way. How can you say no to that? Here's the truth, though. I was in the middle of a good stack of work that I wanted to achieve, finish, accomplish. And all of a sudden, I was walking away and saying yes to this lovely offer. Now, one thing that may have stopped that uh, was if I had already eaten. But I, I had this, I'm using the word deficiency going on. I, I was hungry. I was hungry when she knocked at my door. And I was looking for the next moment when I could take a break. So I didn't, I didn't fall into, I don't want to say that saying Rita, hello, Rita, I want to have a coffee break with you was a bad idea because I don't think it was. <laughs> But what I noticed was that come, you know, 2.30 in the afternoon, I didn't have the work done that I wanted to have done by 2.30. And I had to remember, where did it begin? Now, notice, I could, I could say it began with that knock on the door, but it didn't. The deficiency was growing before that. It began with hunger, and it even began with ignoring the hunger. When you want to get a good amount of work done, specifically in my case, writing done, and you're hungry, well, that's going to at some point really get in the way. So let's just, let's just, can you follow what I'm telling you here? 
my plan was to be up at seven to do my writing and to tick off a certain number of boxes on my list so that at 2.30 I could say I'm done. But where did the deficiency set in? This is a very good first question. If you want to regain control and not fall into debt, you really need to look at where the deficiency started. For me, honestly, it started by feeling hungry and ignoring it. Because what happens when you're hungry and you ignore it? The first wonderful way that you can figure out to feed your hunger is often the winner. And in my case, it was coffee cake. And uh, unfortunately, that's not really on my list of things I eat. <laughs> it uh, It's something I enjoy very, very much, but I know it makes me tired. I, I just, I know it does. So if I'm going to have coffee cake, I have to also have it side by side with something like eggs or, you know, a good high protein so that my energy stays up. So I, I got into this little bit of deficiency. I was hungry. And then the next step I took was I fed the hunger with something that would make me tired later. So come 2.30, I'm at a place where I owe. I'm not at a place where my work is done. Should have been, could have been, wasn't. So now uh, there's still two letters I owe that need to be sent out. And there's one phone call that I had to put off till tomorrow. So I have now acquired debt three debts. And it all started this morning. So I want to point out to you what's going on here. This is not a financial debt, but it could become one. So notice, I had to put off that two letters are going to be answered later. And one phone call. Now the phone call is a business call. And I have great interest in this business call. And this could be, in in actuality, this could lead to doing business with someone that I really admire. And in the near or, or extended future, it could be a business relationship that pays both of us handsomely. But I had to put it off. And that's, that's not making a great first impression. So can you see how interesting this is that Coach Debbie could be acquiring debt? And where did it all begin? Well, I can't put it on my neighbor like I'd want to. My neighbor is a lovely human being. She came by to offer a, a, a thoughtful coffee break, and I took her up on it. It began, the deficiency began with me being hungry and ignoring it. And this is often where debt starts. It starts in a place that nags at us, but we ignore it. 
and we start to fall behind, then at some point, it gets costly. So far, it's not costly for me, but it's going in that direction if I don't work it out. And I'm going to be offering you some more examples to clarify this, but I just wanted to kind of step into this notion that when we look at how writers get back to their creativity, we can't leave out where debt begins. Debt often begins with some deficiency, and it's often not our money. It has something to do with our time, our organization, could even be our energy. So more about that when we come back from the break. Stay tuned, my friends. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. You found us. Maybe you've been guided to listen. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. If you're just tuning in, we're taking a look today at the funny ways that we acquire debts. Because we tend to think of debts as just a, a monetary thing when actually we can fall into owing people energetically, owing ourselves our time back owing in a way that we we really have fallen into a place of disorganization and we owe it to ourselves to clear up that clutter and get back on track if we want to find our creativity and and it is really interesting how it just it can be so slippery how it happens that we don't notice until we owe a lot of money. And think about that. Money is something that it hurts when we owe a lot of money. It keeps us up at night when we owe a lot of money. But sometimes we're not really bothered in those early stages of becoming deficient because, well, if things are a little bit cluttered, eh, I can get through it. I can power through. Or if we've given away a little bit of extra energy somewhere else, eh, it's all right. I can stay up late and kind of get that back. Or if uh, we've donated our time and we don't feel like we really got as much out of it and we're acquiring a certain debt relationship with a friend, Sometimes we can just smooth that over and tell ourselves that in due time, 
all the pieces will fall into place. Uh, a friend of mine says this thing that drives me crazy. <laughs> she says, what will be, will be. And I know she has really good intentions around that, but she typically says it when I'm when I'm actually needing her to help me with strategy, <laughs> not to just say, you know, so what? You gave away your whole day. <laughs> so what? Big deal. Now, think about this. As, as a writer, you have a lot of value, of course. And no matter, no matter what job, no matter what sort of profession, no matter what skill you have, it is easy to forget your value if you are not in a stream of offering it. So, for example, we, we can sometimes step away from offering what we do best. And that, that leads to a lot of deficiencies. Uh, we, can, we can start to just fall back into the easy stuff we know how to do. Uh, one of the easy things I know how to do is write resumes for people. And I have no problem saying yes to writing a resume. But if I'm saying yes to writing resumes Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, I'm not going to have the time or the energy to come and meet you all here. It's just a fact. But I can fit in a resume here and there. And I enjoy fitting in a resume here and there. However, if it starts to sort of take over my business and become what I do, then what I, what I claimed as a business owner, and one thing is offering you this show, uh, there's going to be a lot of deficiency in my availability and I won't be able to bring the value here like I want to. So we have to be careful if if we find that we, we know what our highest values are and we want to be offering them. So for me, I, I offer a mastermind course. I offer one-to-one -one writing coaching. I offer a talk radio show. If I say that's my valuable work and yet three, four, five days a week, I'm buried in writing resumes for people, um, I have forgotten what I said was most valuable to me. On the other hand, a friend of mine uh, in San Diego has a writing business that focuses almost completely on writing resumes. He's prolific at it. And he doesn't create deficiency at all around it because it aligns exactly with his goals and how he wants to serve people. When I do it, it creates deficiencies in my time, in my organization, and, and also just in my energy because then I don't have the energy to for example, write my course content. I've given the energy to writing the resumes. So there's a quick fix for that. When people come to me and ask if I will do their resume, 
If I have loads of time in front of me, the answer is yes. If I don't have loads of time in front of me, the answer is, I really want to tell you about my friend in San Diego who does exactly this. And that frees me up and it helps them connect with a great resource. It's, it helps me come back to the three questions here. So remember, if we're dealing with where we have a debt to pay as a writer, we're really feeling cluttered. And I think three great places we can look is where are my deficiencies? Am I deficient in time or energy or organization? Definitely those things are going to lead to a deficiency in money and income. Definitely. So if we can start by looking at the time, the, the organization, the energy, we might get out of having a monetary debt and turn things around. Another place to look is where can you really be offering your aligned value? Like I said with myself, it's it's this show. It's the mastermind courses I offer, the memoir courses, the one-on-one coaching. If I'm really aligned and giving my 40 hours a week to that, then if I have a little extra time, sure, I can offer someone a resume writing coaching session or even for some take over and do it for them and, and be paid for that. But if I'm filling up my whole week with what is not on my highest values, I'm, I'm creating actually a deficit. And that energy deficit will lead to a monetary deficit. A third idea I want to get to, and then I'm going to take our first question here, is it's so important for writers and anyone. If you want to get your creativity back and slay your debt, you're going to need to build emotional support around you. And and sometimes that emotional support is through networking groups. Sometimes it's because you go into business or partnership somehow with a friend or a family member. Sometimes you build support because you're bestie and you have this regular thing you do twice a week where you call each other on the phone and you swap support. Sometimes I, I have a friend that she owns a very successful business and her and her husband have basically this non-negotiable date thing that they do once a month and it involves an, a stayover out of town, a one-night stayover out of town. And they really, really build each other up. I think it's beautiful. I'm trying to work that idea in with my sweetheart. I think so much energy can come from building up that kind of support. So these are just three areas that will really, really help you slay debt. 
As we go on with the show, we're going to talk a little bit more about monetary debt. But I just I just want to really point out that you might not acquire monetary debt if if you're paying attention to these three things I'm bringing up here. One is where are you energetically deficient? Another is where are you offering your value, your skills, your your service to the world? The ones you said you wanted to. And where do you build in your emotional support? Those are three areas that bring me back to my creative energy. So let's take our first question. This comes from Nancy, who is actually calling in about last week's show. And she was asking about copy editing. We were talking about the notion that copy editors can infringe on your voice because their goal is to get your copy out into the world and and help you look your best and be your best. But their goal isn't really to learn all the ins and outs and idiosyncrasies of your voice. So they're, they're all about getting your stuff out there. But an editor, on the other hand, an editor works with you after you've written something big, you know, a lot, a lot of pages of something, and you then say, listen, I need some high-quality feedback here. I need to make sure my, my original idea is in here, is expressed how I want to express it, and I, I need you to keep me completely on track. So what I want to point out there, and I don't think I expressed it well, is that an editor is someone you work with after you've done your own writing. And I confused Nancy a little bit. She she wrote in and said that her manuscript is now in the hands of two previously published authors and two people that she trusts very well to give her honest feedback. And I had mentioned that putting your writing in the the hands of copy editing might be a mistake. So I just want to clarify that, that a copy editor is someone you meet with in the early stages of a project. And it's usually a small project, something like writing out your brand. You need a new brand or finding the tagline for your logo or even maybe even being a ghostwriter on your blog or you might even use a copy editor to create all of your social media posts. That person does not have to mimic your voice. They just have to I don't want to say just, I want to take that back. They have to skillfully find a way to make your readers and listeners perk up and want to know more about you by way of the written word that they've created for you. 
So if you're in the business of writing a book and developing your own voice, a copy editor isn't necessarily the route you want to take unless you want that completely ghostwritten. And if that's the case, uh, maybe some copy editors do that. They would definitely have great resources of a ghostwriter. Um, so I just wanted to clarify that for Nancy, and I hope I did. <laughs> I hope I did. But also on that note, I want to specify that an editor, for example, an editor is someone who, coming back to our topic today, an editor is someone who understands his or her time and energy cannot be squelched because an editor is, is putting your writing below their eyes and they are really, really looking for what's working best, how this content is layered together to reveal your message. I, I mean, it it takes some serious concentration to be a great editor. And when you decide that this is the work you want to do, and I'm sure many of you listening have long since made this decision, you know that your value comes from being very organized, from having very strict boundaries, from understanding that your desk <laughs> to some degree the only thing that you can have on your desk is what you're working on and if it it actually is that you are someone who has a thousand things on your desk then you know as an editor you have to focus your eyes very 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 carefully on the written word in front of you otherwise you're creating a massive deficit. Your time is just going out the window. Your energy is just shrinking in front of you. And that handsome paycheck that you're looking forward to uh, could, could actually end up being a, a squabble. And, and you might even lose some opportunities if you're not really, really, really on top of your game. So in the business of writing, one way to slay debt, especially if you're an editor, is to get those systems in order. You cannot afford deficiencies in poor time management. You cannot afford deficiency in in selling out your energy on things that are lesser, like replying to 45 emails before you even open up that manuscript and begin. You know you need your attention for that manuscript you're being paid for hour by hour. You know it. You've got to stay on task. If you're not going to create a deficit or what could later become a real debt in your business, in your time. You have to have these systems in place. You have to know early on where deficit can sneak in. 
You have to honor your value as an editor. Okay? So that's just me bringing in one way a writing career is going to avoid and slay that debt, maybe even before it even really happens, maybe even when it's just in that early deficiency stage. So when we come back, we're going to take our second break. We're going to talk about being in business with family and other people and how how that whole emotional support thing is very, very important. So stay tuned. Have you considered your health goals as you step into fall? Are you finishing the year right on track? If these questions leave you stumped, meet Autumn, the founder of L Nutrition. As a clinical nutritionist, she knows that counting calories never works long term, and high endurance exercise is not everyone's thing. Check out the podcast for the October 1st edition of Story You Talk Radio, as Autumn Bates shares scientific facts to help you be fit, reduce chronic pain, and meet your wellness dreams. Are you ready for something real, raw, upfront, and honest? Then tune in each Wednesday at 2 p.m. right here for Love from the Hip. I am spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and the host, Sakura Sutter. This show is unlike anything you have ever heard and was created to help others to help themselves. Hear me follow up with guests I have hypnotized and see how it has improved their lives. I will also spotlight amazing people from around the world. Their skin tips, live readings, and answers to life's burning questions. Join us each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Miss a show on KKNW? Check out 1150kknw.com for podcasts of many of our programs. That's 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about getting your creativity back because you know that it's so difficult to feel creative if you don't have the time, if you don't have the energy, if you don't have the money. So I wanted to tell you a, a story here about a time when I thought I would have the money and I didn't. I was I was kind of walking the bridge between leaving a job as as an associate professor for a long time, uh, sixteen years I think at that time for one particular college, and walking into entrepreneurialism. And I had a savings of ten thousand dollars to just help me make that transition. It had taken me a good amount of time to put that savings together. It looked like such a fat number. Anytime I looked in the account, I thought, $10,000, I'll never run out. Now, what I didn't understand was that if I needed more, <laughs> I had left my job. I wasn't going to get more. So I got to about the halfway point. I'm doing my business, things are are going okay, and I see I've got $5,000 left in my little savings, and I decide, you know what, it'd be a great idea now to go and get that business loan, and that's going to just free up more time, free up more energy, et cetera, et cetera, and I went to the bank, and they said no. 
And I thought, no? Did did they really say no? I've been banking with them for like two decades. I, I even took out a couple of home mortgages with them and I they're saying no? That surprises me. So I found another lead and I went and I talked to them and they said no. And I went and found a third avenue and they said no. And so I started sitting down with who I thought were very wise family members to advise me and they made it very, very clear that when when you've cut ties with <laughs> with your job and you've sold your home and you know you've done these things, you you don't have the same credibility that you did when you were working a 40-hour-a-week job and when you had that regular home mortgage payment going on. I had no idea that as a renter who no longer owned, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars (laughs) to a mortgage company, I had no idea that as a renter who only owed on a month-to-month basis that I was not seen as someone viable for a business loan. So I was very surprised. And I started putting my best thoughts to work. And I I quickly acquired what was an energy debt. So I was giving away my energy. What I was saying earlier here, where are my deficiencies? I was giving away my energy in every way I could think of to start earning the money that I wanted from that that business loan. I realized I wasn't going to get a business loan, so I'm, I'm now going to figure out how to earn the money. So I'm giving away energy in every direction I can to try to come up with enough income. That wasn't working away. No, that wasn't working in my way. So then there was this notion of, you know, maybe if I just invest more time, if I'm more thoughtful about my time, yeah, I didn't have a good structure going on there. Then I decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to follow this example I have of two friends of mine, their brothers, and I'm going to notice what they're doing in their business. But again, I, I noticed that there were deficiencies in theirs as well. So I got stuck. And the what follows when you don't have systems and you don't have organization and you're giving your time away and you're energetically drained, the, the financial debt begins. A lot of people think everything begins with financial debt, but I'll tell you this. People that come to me and want coaching for how they're going to build their writing business or create their book or enhance their brand, whenever they talk about their debt and how it started with you know, a huge implosion of, of financial limitation, we can we can pretty quickly track it back to 
how they just didn't see the deficit of energy or the deficit of time management or the deficit of systems they needed in place. That came first. And if you can find ways to deal with that, then likely you will you will have then systems in place before the money problem begins. But there are sneaky things for sure. Absolutely for sure. Now what I hear often from people that want to write their book are these lofty defenses. And they'll say to me, you know, I just want to get my book out there and start to accumulate the wealth from the sales of the book. And they're kind of thinking that that's going to protect them in some way. Or they'll they'll start to say, you know, once I'm once I'm more known, once I'm, I have a certain level of fame, uh, I'm not going to have these deficits anymore that you speak about. Or, you know, once, once there's a certain power in my business and I can hire a team and all of this, then, then I won't be in the deficit And I can understand thinking that way. I can understand thinking if I just get something from the outside, you know, whether, whether it was like me, I wanted a business loan, you know, I wanted some, some wealth, uh, in the bank that I could look at and feel good about, or for others, others wanting to build their team. They're wanting a little more power in their business and some people wanting a little more fame, and and feeling like they'll they'll be the go-to person and that'll fix everything. There there really is no fix everything. There really isn't. And we we have to find a way to be creative without thinking we're just gonna go in and fix stuff. So that said, I I wanna get to this question right here, which is I think this is very, very important here. Um, Dear Coach Debbie, it's interesting you say you have friends that are brothers and in business together. I used to be in business with my parents, but my father had a really hard time coming to work. My mother couldn't call him out on it, and there was no way I was going to speak up about it. However... This was the path to us finding out that dad had a drinking problem. Many good things over the years have come out because of this. We have actually healed a lot of family problems. But way back there, when we were running a tiny little indie company, we had a huge problem. We needed three at work and dad wasn't showing up. So, now that I am back in business for myself, I am reflecting on this and remembering it was a blessing in disguise. It has helped me put systems in place. Oh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, I guess there isn't a question there. (laughs) I thought I was going to get to the bottom and see there's a question. But let's focus on the point you're making here. And that is... 
you say you're kind of talking about the elephant in the room and that you didn't know that dad had um, a little addiction going on, but because the three of you needed to be showing up, you had to make changes. And when you became a solopreneur, I'm reading over your letter and I'm trying to connect all the dots here. Sounds like dad in a way helped you realize that when you became a solopreneur, there were systems you would have to have in place that you didn't have in place when you, your mom and your dad went into business together. You didn't tie that up for me, but I hope, (laughs) I hope I tied that up, um, uh, correctly. And, and this is what can happen. We think our debt is about our money. We think our debt is about our finances and often and eventually it is. But where we got into debt first, where we got out of our creativity was in some sort of deficiency where we were giving away too much time or we were giving away too much energy or we failed to manage things because we didn't have systems in place, or there was a lot of clutter, or we didn't... A a friend of mine even talks a lot about what her uh, routine, I want to call it, her routine at the gym in the morning gives her. And, And she talks to me a lot about the fact that it sets her up for her day. And that she really can't run her writing business if she is not really monitoring monitoring herself and staying in shape. Now, I thought that was very interesting that she knows there could be a huge deficit in her productivity and her creativity if she doesn't stay in shape. Somehow that keeps her mind working, it keeps her feeling good, and it allows her to serve well. So she knows that the monetary debt could happen if she doesn't attend to these early signs of deficit. And for her, it's not having that workout routine that keeps her energy high. I learned recently, and I hope you got to listen to the show just a few weeks ago. If you haven't, I, I want to encourage you to go back to the story of your health, where I talked to Autumn Bates about how we really work with our health so that we're operating at We have a full immune system, but we're really operating with a full tank. Autumn has taught me a lot about that and how if I get away from it, I really create more clutter in my life. I start to get energetically deficient and I fail to see my value. And I I sometimes take on smaller jobs that don't allow me to acquire the money-making possibilities that I can 
So I can be available to things just like this, to offering the radio show. I mean, all these pieces, as you know, have to fit into place. But what I think so many of us tend to focus on is the notion that we have fallen into some sort of debt. We're feeling like we're in the bottom of the well. We're feeling like we owe in all these areas. But what was the story a while back? Where's the impetus of noticing our deficiencies? So I want to leave you with these three things to think about. Where, of course, might you be deficient in energy or time? Where can you offer your value? And I really mean big value. Where are you at your best? What do you do that is your best? And do more of that. And where might you build that support, that that energizing emotional support Maybe with partner, maybe with a networking group, maybe with your neighbor over coffee cake on a spontaneous Thursday morning. If it energizes you, it'll pay you back. I hope this serves you, my friends. There are so many ways that debt occurs, but if we think it's our money we might have missed the signs that came earlier and kind of struck out our creativity. Get in touch with me if I can serve you more. And until next Thursday, namaste, my friends. 